0: Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness podcast. Thank you for joining us, and I'm your host Margaret Vasquez, and joined by my co-host Father David Tuckerhoof T O R. Thank you for joining us, whether you're a new or a returning listener. I just really welcome you and. You know what, Father David and I have decided to talk about today is healing. Just the notion of healing, and um, it's such a privilege to talk to Father David about this. He wrote the Catholic book on theophastic ministry, and so this is very. This is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to this conversation, and um, I myself have been a licensed professional clinical counselor and trauma therapist for the last sixteen plus years, and. So really just the concept of healing, I think is something, um, really for us to discuss, particularly as father and I were preparing for this, just the, the notion of, of healing. Is it a one-time thing? Is it something that happens at a particular point in your life? How much healing, um, you know, are there some people who don't suffer at all? You know, there are a lot of different, I think, um, misconceptions that people can end up with. So just really want to um, welcome you, Father David. Nice to be talking to you again.
1: Well, thank you, Margaret. It's really a joy to be here again. I, and I like very much when we talk about these things because it's always a, a refreshing experience when you think about the powerful things that God can do in our life. And uh, and wants to do, and really is intending to do, and yet at the same time we look at our human failures and weaknesses and vulnerabilities, and a lot of times we get discouraged and we don't want to even consider how to overcome things. But I think when in the way we're viewing things, uh, and uh, particularly with the uh, the uh, Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, is the healing of the whole person. And uh, the person is not an isolated idea of what I do. But when we look for healing, it's usually because we have pain and suffering somewhere that doesn't seem to be alleviated. That And it's sometimes pain and suffering that's, that in we think really is holding us back from being the kind of person that the Lord wants us to be and that we ourselves want to be. So I think that when we look at healing, we're looking at the whole person That would be an intellectual component. There would be a healing of the pains and wounds and hurts of the heart. It would be the healing of the the mind, the body, the soul. Sometimes our souls get tired and they get weary and we're not quite sure why that's so. And uh, it just seems like we don't want to keep going on. And sometimes our relationships Become very burdensome because we, we we in a sense feel that that we're not experiencing the kind of healing. But healing is directly related to the mystery of divine love in the soul, which what we call salvation, the mystery of salvation. I'm going to pass the mic back over to Margaret and let her talk to uh, to, uh, to us a little bit about the whole notion of healing and pain.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the main reasons I really wanted us to do this podcast is over the years as a therapist, I've come across this so many times with different people, kind of this misconception that, um, that there should be this kind of static point in time at which all my, all my healing has happened. And if that's not so, then that means that something is fundamentally wrong with me and this kind of this preconceived idea that that's how it works, you know, or the, or that there are people in life who don't experience suffering. And, um, and, you know, I, I can honestly tell you, I haven't met that breed of human beings. So, um, and I, and I certainly don't belong to to that breed. That was not in my DNA. Um, so I, I just really want us to have this conversation, one, to kind of normalize suffering. And secondly, to um, what do we do with it, right? What do we do with it? And, um, you know, a number of years back when I was an undergrad at Franciscan University of Steubenville, Father Michael Scanlon had written a book um, called Appointment with God. And the, as I recall it, the four Kind of fundamental areas of uh, having a personal prayer time. That's what he was referring to in the title "Appointment with God." It was that that having that daily prayer time, and um, the four areas that I call it addressing were, um, I believe, he talked about starting with was either starting with praise and worship or starting with repentance. It was one or the other, and then it was moving into. Um, listening to the Lord and then into interceding for others, right? Those people that we take to prayer and you've asked us to pray for them and that kind of thing and, and, um, entrusting them to the Lord kind of idea. So I really think that, and, and if I can, if I can be so audacious, I think father Mike would agree (laughs) like that we could add a fifth area to that. And that would really be healing because I think there's always more. I don't think there's a point where we, go through a certain amount of therapy or we go on a healing retreat and, and now all my, that healing part of my life is over and now I can really move on with things without any need for healing. You know, in the scriptures, the Lord says every each day has troubles of an enough of its own. And I think when those troubles happen, a lot of times we get bumped and bruised along the way. And, and so um, I really want our conversation just to, to help our listeners to like normalize that idea of suffering and struggle and that they were all doing it. You know, I, I know, you know, it's probably not any different just because you wear a collar and people call you father, right? Now, all of a sudden there's no such thing as suffering in this life. And it certainly hasn't been my experience as a professional counselor, trauma therapist, even if you've, you know, written books or, or whatever. And, and are treating trauma there's we're still human beings and and they're still suffering regardless of regardless what your title is and regardless of um how kind of how long we're at this because the hits just keep coming you know so
1: well, I would agree with knowing Father Mike Scanlon. I'd agree with Margaret the uh, the four things that she mentioned in the little book Appointment with God, but why he mentioned those four things, he he saw those four things as ways of uh, uh, receiving healing because as he he became more proficient and. In the uh, promoting and proclaiming the charismatic renewal and the building and development of Franciscan University, his big thing was healing. I mean, he prayed with he- healing for people all the time. So those kind of things, those four points are beautiful. And that, but if Father Mike would say, "Hey, you know that? Of course, that's that's uh, what what uh, I'm about is really." praying with people because at that time we really appreciated the fact I know that my concentration was on the area the heart of the human person. And so I focused on writing a 40 page paper about the healing of the heart based on the scriptures in the Old Testament and New Testament. And the idea there is we have pain and suffering that is debilitating from, from looking at it from a purely personal point of view and that I wanted to get be overcome that pain and really experience the peace uh, in inside myself of having those hurts go away it, like hurts like uh, you know rejections or feeling uh, feeling just simply a, a second class citizen not belonging anywhere and and uh, and even looking at ourselves sometimes and our self talk becomes a, a means of self condemnation which is a very indication that there's something not working right in terms of how we view ourselves as a unique and special and a beloved person of the lord and so i think that uh, we want to look at healing as a process and it 's not completed when we uh, say we we 're beginning to start some healing retreats now, and we 're working on that and we found that the, uh, using these approaches of the uh, the uh, principles of the the uh, culture of connection and the goal of living the the gift and, and blessing of mercy in our lives that the process is that as things we go through life in different phases of life. Without getting over super intense or analytical about it, there's, there's always something that's going to come forward. So a healing is a process, and the healing of the whole person is a process. And when we go on a retreat, and we have a retreat, and we spend time praying, and we spend time evaluating and listening to some presentations on it, then, and then when we do ministry, it becomes a very powerful thing because... In that person, what's going on in that person at that time in human and spiritual integration and the way God is working to draw that person to his beautiful heart in love is is tremendous. And what happens almost automatically is the areas that need attention surface very easily. And we, we take a whole holistic approach. So uh, holiness is... Uh, wholeness, and we take a whole per- approach of the whole person, but the person in relationships. And that's a very important thing, a person in relationships, because our relationships indicate to us many times the areas that need to be changed and strengthened and uh, the pain and suffering that needs to be placed in the power of the cross so that we can move forward in a, in a more healthy and a more peaceful in a more relaxed way, even when we're going through difficult changes and things in our life.
0: Yeah, it's so good. I think there's so many, um, so many misconceptions that that people can have. Like, if if I'm not perfectly healed at this point, then that means there's something wrong with me. It's one of the ones I've seen, and it's just not true, you know. Um, I've also seen people thinking uh, there are, there are other people who don't have suffering, you know, like we were talking about before. And that's, that's just not true either. Not, not anybody that I know. Um, also, I think there's an area, there's a way we can kind of put so much energy and attention, uh, focusing on healing that, um, it kind of puts a lot of pressure on ourselves and, um, but and yet we can't heal ourselves either now this doesn't mean obviously i'm a counselor and I very much value the idea of addressing our issues but this means that there's time <laughs> there's time there's time to address them and the lord's grace will sustain us in the meantime um, it also doesn't mean if we're not completely healed at this point because who is it doesn't mean that um that it's that the lord's not going to heal something you know i I know i I've shared with you, there was a, um, there was a point in my early teens, mid teens, I guess, um, where, uh, where I was date raped and was drugged and then, um, went so long. Let's see, those 17 and it went until I was 49 and at 40, you know, I had tried to go to counseling for it, but not having a cognitive record of the experience, wasn't able to address it, had gone through inner healing ministry for it. That wasn't, um, really kind of only got me so much relief and yet was randomly just one, one morning that not, didn't seem like any particular thing was going to happen that morning. And I was just praying and asked the Lord, you know, I was just praying about the Lord's wounds and I asked the Lord to unite me to himself through his wounds. And all of a sudden the Lord just really clearly spoke to my heart and said, why don't you unite to me through your wounds? And I knew he was talking about that because he's a really good communicator, you know? (laughs) So I knew what he was talking about. And so I thought, well, gosh, Lord, I don't know how I haven't like opened this area up to you. You know, I've tried to address it as best I could. I don't know what else to do, but you know, I totally give it over to you and give you permission to do whatever you want to with it. And, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and instantly, for some reason, the Lord saw fit to just completely heal that just so completely heal that, that fear inside that I couldn't even find that place in kind of inside my heart when I went in there anymore. And that was, let's see, 27, 37, 47. So that was 32 years later. So, um, so are those things possible? Like, certainly he can do that, whether it's whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, that's that's really small potatoes for him. You know, it's easy for him to do. Um, if he chooses not to, it's it's in his somehow in his wisdom. Even though that's really hard to accept, I know when we're in the middle of those really pain situations. But it's it's in his wisdom and it's out of love because we always have to go back to. As a friend of mine reminds me, anytime I can tend to, you know feel like the Lord doesn't really understand or somehow he's forgotten me. And this friend of mine always says, and God is good. <laughs> like just taking me back to the basics, you know, and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. We have to interpret everything else in light of that fact, you know? And, um, and I, so I really think when we recognize the, that healing is a, a process, like you said, and it's a journey and it's, it's really a lifelong journey, then um, then it takes some of the pressure off, you know?
1: I, th- I think over the years I've experienced uh, people uh, being almost compulsively taken up with the fact that they need healing. And uh, it, it leaves an anxiety and it leaves a kind of a, a sense of uh, unhappiness and sadness in people's lives when, when uh, they overdo what healing is, and I can remember that in early in the uh, days of re, uh, the Church's grace of renewal, when uh, the uh, gifts were emerging right after the Council and things like that, and and the whole thing was a relationship with Jesus in a very personal way, and the conversion, the changes that would go along with that, people start talking about you know oh two weeks from now uh, down at St John's we're going to have a healing mass. I said, a healing Mass. W- why would you have a special Mass that you call a healing Mass? I said, every Mass, by the very nature of the death and resurrection of Jesus and the transforming power of his mercy, is a healing Mass. You don't have a healing Mass. You celebrate the Eucharist, after which or within, you're going to pray with people for healing. Now we're talking about the way it should be you know and uh, to, to just take it as a part of life you know the uh, you know the pain's always going to be with us and and what i'm getting a better and better handle on as days go on is you know here we have a savior jesus the son of god divine human person who who not only has sacrificed his life personally for each one of us but here is a divine savior who actually likes us really likes us, likes us as a person, is fond of us affectionately, wants to be with us, wants to spend time with us, is so beautiful, and, and and yet to kind of dis, detach ourselves from the, that reality of that personal intimacy and the relationship with the Lord. And what did Jesus do, and what's it mean to imitate Jesus, you know? Imitation of Jesus is basically being, allow yourself to be transformed by the working of grace so that in that personal transformation your relationships are transformed and and so and and jesus is right at the heart of that and jesus is present and then the pain that we have isn't something that we become so fearful of that we have all kinds of negative feelings and concerns and we race around looking for healing that that's just not the way it is because Jesus himself went through all kinds of pain as the divine son of God to bring about the personal transformation of you and I in the whole area of being saints. The saints of God, the kind of people that God wants us to be, the kind of people that glorify the Father, the kind of people that in Jesus are united to his uh, his his his, uh, his his personal love, and I'm just going to just mention this, and then pass the mic to to Margaret. But um, I was always struck by it's in the it's in the major works of the life of, uh, of Saint Francis. After Francis had come back and was sick and had to get rehabilitated, and was having problems with his father, and was he would, he and a friend were going up up to the caves of about a mile up up above Assisi, and he would pray and he'd spend all kinds of time in prayer. And as time went on, he spent more and more time in prayer. And he he entered into a deepening as he was emerging into a son, a young adulthood from his party days and his early days of wanting to be a a great knight and warrior unrealistically. And after spending a a good number of hours in prayer one day, and he was getting ready to leave and his friend was outside waiting for him. And Jesus appeared to him life-sized on the cross hanging on the cross and what happened is francis received a, a divine infusion of the power of the cross of jesus into his heart he experienced it as painful sweetness of transforming mercy and from that on from that point on Francis went through a full conversion, and and, uh, the story is available to everybody else. But that was such a changing experience so that the power of suffering that we go through, when we connect it to the heart of Jesus, the healing takes place because we become servants of the mercy of God, and we become actually disciples, missionary disciples of atonement, which is union with Jesus, making up for the sins of the world.
0: Oh, 'm so happy you, i'm so happy you got to the point of atonement because that's that, that's really that I was jotting down some little thoughts to share on some Um, some practical things we can do when we're suffering. What do we do with that pain? But I'm so glad you got to atonement because boy, that's like the creme de la creme of what to do with the suffering. And if you want more on that, Father David's book evangelizing Catholic culture has a lot on atonement and that's available on Amazon. So I'm just going to plug that here because that's a, that's a great book on atonement. Um, I, I'm going to jump back to a thought that you made, um, about how the Lord likes us, you know, and I just think that's so beautiful. I mean, we, you know, I think, um, it's one thing we, you know, as Christians, when we're like, Oh yeah, this we're commanded to love each other. But when, when somebody really likes us, I think it's, it's kind of different and it's, it's an interesting notion to think of with the Lord. Of course he loves us. Of course we know that, but he likes us. And I, I, it made me think of, um, the book Revelations of Divine Love by um, Julian of Norwich. She was a 13th century anchorite, and she had these mystical revelations of the Lord. And now I can never remember what the other characteristic was, but I know this one particular part of the book I was always struck by because she said one of the characteristics when the Lord appeared to her and was revealing these things, one of the characteristics she was the most struck by was his friendliness and i just thought like that's so dear and tender and gentle you know is he sovereign yes of course is he majestic yes of course is he you know all of these things friendly you know and i think that's one of the one of the reasons the um the series, the chosen has been so powerful in people's lives because it really portrays a Jesus who's friendly, you know, it's like a sanguine Jesus instead of a melancholic Jesus. Like we see in the passion, the passion of the Christ, or maybe it was in Jesus of Nazareth many years ago or that kind of thing. So it's just a Jesus who smiles, a Jesus who's happy <laughs> a Jesus who's happy to be around people and makes jokes, you know, and things like that. It's just, it's very dear. So, um, I'm just going to throw a couple of practical things out. I'm, I'm sure our listeners have things they could share as well, but, um, just a couple of things that have helped me in particular times of pain. Like, well, I guess first of all, it'd be like, sometimes I'll find myself putting pressure on myself when I'm suffering, like as though, as though I'm doing something wrong, that it hurts, you know, as like, okay, I'm some somehow I'm doing something wrong that this, that this hurts. And And whenever I catch myself doing that, I'm realizing, I kind of remind myself, no, pain hurts. That's, that's the idea of pain. Like, so you don't have to have that extra level of, of complication on top of it, where it's, I'm now I'm going to beat myself up because I'm in pain, because for some reason I think I shouldn't be, and I'm failing somehow that I'm in pain. But what do we do with that pain? There are a couple of things, um, that I found useful. And one is just the, um, the thurible from mass, like the incenser, and i just i 'll have this mental image. this actually was kind of an image the Lord gave to me at one point, and it was taking those painful things and um, putting them like incense into the thurible and um, and then like watching the incense like rise to to heaven and the the you know kind of the symbolism of all of that and and that was a very sweet image to me, and i 'm actually glad to be sharing it because it brings it back to mind, and that becomes useful for me it 's just to, to that there 's something to do with that pain in offering it to the lord and so it 's more than just an abstract idea when I can connect it to kind of a a mental image then somehow that 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 's helpful for me, you know for some of us we 're more visual or more auditory, but for me, if I can picture that then I really feel like I've, like I, how do you just offer it up, you know, kind of abstractly. So to have that image is very helpful. Um, another thing that this actually was back at the beginning of, wow, was it the beginning of May? Yeah, it was, man, the summer went by fast, but I had gone up to, um, the shrine of our lady of victory up in Lackawanna, New York, and, um, really felt like like the, like our lady had put on my heart for different areas of pain that continually, um, will come back to mind through, uh, maybe kind of some kind, sometimes different circumstances or different people that I'm continually reminded of or around. And that was as those things come to mind to, um, to offer them to her just by, Just by saying a Hail Mary, just by that image comes to mind or that person's face comes to mind or that scenario comes to mind is praying a Hail Mary and as a way of not as a way of becoming um you know, kinda stopping and examining the the pain or anything, but just like handing it over. And both of those things, the Thurible and the Hail Marys, I found both of those things really kinda helpful for what do we do when the suffering happens and the Lord doesn't take it away immediately? And sometimes, sometimes it's so much it kind of takes our breath away. And those are, those are a couple of things that, that I found useful. Do you have any any other thoughts on this, Father David? Before I wrap things up, or here you
1: go. Yes, and, uh, you, you know, the suffering we experience. And the kindness we do is Jesus likes us and loves us. And, you know, if we just would set aside our fear, because we have so much fear so, so fear of what others would think or what they'll do or, they, or why be heard or why be liked or why be accepted. And we set aside the fear. And I was thinking of the story when I was out on the reservation. And uh, I, I love uh, my sister has uh, always had bird feeders, and so our family has had a lot of birds around. And so, when I was out on the reservation, I set up a couple, like, a couple places. Well, uh, there's all kind of trees, pine trees, and uh, different different types of trees. And there's uh, you only see about two or three squirrels at this, at this at one time, but those squirrels are ingenious at getting to that bird seed. And they have, I've seen them jump for 20 feet off of, and which if they landed on the ground, they would be in the midst of rocks and land on that bird seed, you know. And I could never do it. So finally, I got frustrated with it. And I said, well, there's, you know, there's just so much. I can't keep up buying this birdseed and everything else. So I said, I'm going to, I went out to the hardware store and I bought a, a squirrel trap. You know, and so I started to trap the squirrels and I must've, I thought, well, there's, you know, three or four and then it'll be the end of it. Well, actually to just say, put a point on this, I think I, I trapped 35 squirrels in two years. And I said, well, so anyhow, this one time I was away and uh, doing something up in Lake Andes and Alice's, Alice worked as, uh, she helped out at the parish with sister Miriam and, uh. This little, this, uh, this one, uh, so it was a little squirrel, half grown, like, and it, it got into the trap, and I was gone, and the dogs were loose, and man, they were, after that, That they were making life miserable, that squirrel was, would have died of fright. So Alice went down, and she, she chased the dogs away, and she took the squirrel, she didn't take the squirrel out of the trap. She took she took and put it up in the tree on the limb, you know. So I got home about fifteen, twenty minutes later and she told me about it, so I used to take the squirrels down to the river where there was corn and, and, and nuts and everything and woods and so that, you know, and the river was right there, so I'd take it down and then I'd open a trap and it'd scoot out, you know. So anyhow I'm putting it in the truck and Alice reaches into the squirrel and you don't do that. Because you'll get rabies like anything if you get bitten by, you know, and they're carrying the rabies. And she put it in, and I was just ready to say, don't, you know, yell at her, don't touch it, don't touch it. She put her hand in, and the little squirrel just kind of moved over towards her and and put, her, put his head right against her hand. She saved him from the dogs. And when we reach out to others in, in simple little saving, caring, loving ways, we're like, we remember that. And that has a powerful effect, effect for healing. And it's a part of the healing process that we experience. So then I took the squirrel down, took it down to the river, and opened up and left it out. So here we go. Um,
0: I'm glad none of this, I'm, I'm glad you weren't killing these squirrels. I was going to have to say for all of our listeners who are animal animal lovers I'm sure the squirrels weren't injured so clearly the squirrels got a, a better deal by the end of the story so but it's true it's true just the um, the privileged position we get to play in the lives of each other um, I think it's Ian McLaren I don't know I'm trying to think of the name of the person but the, the quote is attributed to him I believe but it says um, something to the effect of be kind to those you meet everyone you meet is um, you know, carrying a great burden, kind of, I, you know, kind of idea. So, it's really true. So, so just w- um, just to review, just kind of recap, like, just normalizing. We're still in this life. We're still on the side of heaven, and so they're suffering, and each day has suffering enough of its own. But healing is a a journey, and it's a process, and it's one that not only are we on, but so is everybody else who's around us, and so um being compassionate to ourselves and being compassionate to others really really makes a lot of sense and and can really help us along that journey in a peaceful way. So so thank you listeners for joining us again and again just to remind you our books are available on Amazon, Father David's book Evangelizing Catholic Culture and my books More Than Words: The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma and uh, Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love. And check out our website at com for retreats and for trainings and um, and opportunities to connect with us. And may the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, Please go to Sacred Heart